People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome back to the Realm of the Supernatural podcast. I'm Solway. And I'm Finchie McFinch. And this year we're hoping to be bigger and better. We yeah, want to bigger and better uh, things. It's the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Indeed. Well, uh, apart from fottaging. All right. Right. You know what that is? <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> well, well, it depends on where, where you are when it takes place, I suppose. But essentially, it's when you like, um, like I don't know, you're on a you're on a you're on a dance floor and, and the, the the girls rubbing up against oh, you. Oh yeah. And you know, you're basically having sex with your clothes on. With your clothes. Yeah. All oh, right. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because actually I was watching. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching an episode of uh, this morning on the, on the phone. It pops up on the adverts, and there was a, there was a couple that was on there that was on about that the, how they can um, orgasm whilst uh, rubbing up against each other. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. Fuck there it. we go. So I didn't know that was the name of it. Terminology. Well, that's the British term, I think. Right. Mm. But it's, it's a bit messy, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, especially on in the nightclub. <laughs> but anyway, um, getting distracted here. Yeah, we um, are back on so, track. Yeah, so well, thank you for joining us again. And uh, like I say, this year we're open to do a little well, bit bigger and better things, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. So moving on. Thank you to, to everybody that's helped us reach our first Patreon goal of hundred dollars. Fantastico. Yeah. Um, we've got named individuals uh, on the outro, I think, but. The people that have recently signed up, because we've had like a, a real surge in people signing up just yeah. recently. So, and this time of year as well, brilliant. You know, it's you know it's always everyone's skint this time of year and yeah. all the rest of it. So we didn't expect that. So thank you very much to you guys. Um, in order to reward the people that have signed up, the members, um, we are going to offer more shows on Patreon this year than we have been doing um, previously. So essentially, if we get one live show out, free f- show. Then we'll put two on Patreon, that yeah. kind of thing, and it, that'll be the sort of balance that we're going for this year. Um, as and when they happen is as and when they happen, but that's the sort of balance. So if you are a Patreon supporter member, then it's going to be um, and the uh, Facebook members group as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. We'll introduce. Oh shit, I broke my pen. We'll introduce uh, a new uh, <laughs> a new members only uh, Facebook. Yep group and shit like that so if you are on facebook and you're a member then you'll get an invite to that again like i said before there is a a feed what you get when you sign up to patreon you get your own feed and you can put that in your podcast app and just listen to the podcast straight onto your app like normal um i'll I'll tell you a little bit more about patreon at the end what i'm gonna what i'm thinking about doing um to the show so that being said today we've got on um chelsea who is narrating a story that was sent to us by mitch and nicole it's kind of a shadow man story right okay um it's one of these you know where you kind of know where it's going when it starts it's one of them right um it's like typical ones and that makes you wonder you know because these things happen you know to a lot of people and you got to say well if so many people have the same experience based on the same uh factors there's yep. got to be something to it's it be you know? out there, yeah. so we've got that coming up and i think you'll really enjoy that then we've got uh, a story from tonya and then uh, after that, that we should have uh, a medium on as well. Medium. We'll have to see a medium tonight, actually. 
Oh yeah, yeah. In in the flesh. In so the flesh, I'll let sure. you know how that goes on the yeah. next episode. Um. Yeah, and then at the end, obviously you've been away, so we haven't had a chance to do it. But we've got your Christmas presents here. Oh yeah. So I'll um. Oh, so, better late than never, yeah, I suppose. Indeed, yeah. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show to reveal Aaron's Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Right, without further ado, let's get into the story. Narrated by Chelsea, this is Mitch and Nicole's tale. The Demonic Entity Our story happened in Middleburg, Florida in 2009. We had a roommate who was heavily into the occult. Days before our terrifying experience, she and a handful of friends went to the woods and performed some kind of ritual. I'm not really into Wiccan or Pagan things, so I have no idea what it was for. All I know is she returned home excited that everything went well, and she sat an old stump on the coffee table and said she found it in the woods where they had the ritual. I thought nothing of it. I went on about my business. My husband went to work and my roommate was out one night. I decided to go to the back patio to have a cigarette. We had a sliding glass door, and I'd always leave it open about six or so inches. I'm smoking, nearly done with it, and I'm looking at the cats inside. They're all watching me. Suddenly, the glass door slams and locks. I get up and try desperately to get back inside, but to no avail. At the time, I didn't think anything paranormal was being the reason why I was locked out. Not sure what I was thinking, to be honest. Maybe the cat shut it, although, looking back, that's highly unlikely. I was just upset. They had no phone and no way to let anyone know what happened. We lived in kind of a rural area and I didn't know any of the neighbors and most of them were the shady type anyway so I never interacted with them. I sat outside for six hours until my husband finally returned home. I was not happy but just brushed it off as my luck and carried on. About three or four days later is when we had a visitor, an unwelcomed one. It was sometime between 2.30 a.m. and 3 a.m. My husband was sitting at the computer in the adjacent room. He was on a program trying to come up with a logo or design for a new band he was in. He wanted a somewhat Christian theme, as he has always been of someone with a strong Christian faith. He was piecing together a circle with various crucifixes, just playing around with different looks. Here's someone talking in the living room. Our roommate was gone at the time. She recently separated from her boyfriend, and the voices he heard were the voices of our roommate and her ex. Confused as to why they were home and up so late, and to top it off why they would be together, he went in to say hello, and when he got to the living room, no one was there, lights out, dark, and empty. He got a chill and a dreadful feeling that something wasn't right. I had to be at work early sometime around 5 or 6 a.m., and I had been sleeping during the time he heard the voices. I had a dream that I was looking into this black pit, and suddenly looking up at me was this man who was reaching for me, screaming for help. He had the look of pure agony on his face. I very vividly remember his face, his arms and upper part of his body. It's like I dreamed it last night, that I remember it so vividly. His skin was reddish brown from the glow of the fire. His skin was melting off and flaking away from his face. I could see the bright smoldering embers beneath his skin. I could smell the pungent scent of his hair and flesh burning. Though I've never actually smelled a human burning, I for some reason know that's exactly what it would smell like. I could see ashes and smoke coming off of him, and he looked at me, screaming at me to let him free. I watched him burn, and I was stuck. Nothing I could do but just look at him. Suddenly, I'm awakened by my husband, who was in very obvious panic. He was shaken and visibly afraid and disturbed. 
I instantly remembered my dream in every detail. I felt a rush of dread and fear run across me and my blood ran cold. I sat up on my bed and my husband was telling me about what had just happened to him. I relayed my dream to him in return and we were so scared we didn't know what to do. We knew something was there. We didn't know what, but it was in the other room. My roommate had a dog who she kept in a kennel at night. She never allowed us to take her out unless it was to use the bathroom. She was very, very peculiar about this dog. Suddenly, we hear the dog whimpering and yelping like something was hurting it. I panicked and wanted to help, but my husband forced me down and was staring at the wall. He was seeing something. He said it was like a vision, but not a vision. He could clearly see the figure in the other room, as if it were showing him what was happening. My husband said he could see it as if it were right there. It was about five to six feet tall. It was black, so black that you could see it in the blackest of night. Just the abyss black. he never seen something so dark before. He said it had a look of almost like the Grim Reaper is portrayed. It looked at him and he saw piercing red eyes looking back. It was moving towards the dog, not walking, but sort of hovering, gliding. The dog still yelping and whimpering. I was so scared. I know people will be mad that we didn't help the dog, but we were scared. We were so scared that I couldn't move if we wanted to. The dog finally stopped. We heard her moving around in the kennel, so we knew she was unharmed, probably just as panicked as we were. We had a Bible by the bed. The thing stood there just gazing at us. It was then, around the corner, I saw it, same as my husband saw. I didn't see it as fully as he did, but I saw the black mass and deep red eyes. We picked the Bible up and I began reading passages. My husband found something and quickly put together a makeshift crucifix. The louder we got, the louder it got. It sounded as if it were tearing a house apart, banging on dishes, walls, counters, just absolutely making as much noise as it could. We decided we would focus on the front door that was a good hundred feet or so away from us. We had to make it out through the hallway. We wondered if we should go through the window, but it wouldn't open. We said prayers as we darted out as fast as we could. I looked to the dog kennel and saw her lying there. She was okay. I know deep in my heart she was going to be okay. It seemed like his truck was a hundred miles away. We felt it on us. The darkness, the evil vibe was so thick you could cut it. We jumped in and sped off as fast as we could. The remainder of the night, we slept in the truck. When daylight hit, we went to the closest pawn shop and pawned my husband's guitar to get a hotel room until we could figure out what we were going to do. After trying to rest and discussing our next move, we decided to go back to the house. We didn't have family here, and only one friend who couldn't let us stay with him. We really had no choice but to return until we could get the money to move back to our hometown that was 600 miles away. The first few days were uneventful. The one night around 3 a.m., we started hearing noises again. We could hear our roommate, but she wasn't home. It was like whatever it was would mimic her. It loved to mimic. We didn't get nearly as close to the violent outbursts like the first night, but we would hear a few thumps and thuds, voices, and random noises that couldn't be explained. Lots of mimicking. One morning, I was making pancakes and my husband was standing next to me eating his, and he heard my roommate laugh in his ear, but she wasn't there. Then something knocked the plates right out of his hand. We could tell it was getting stronger and starting to mess with us more. We finally borrowed some money from a family member and we moved out as quickly as we could. 
We came back a few months later to get some things we had to leave behind, and as soon as we pulled into the driveway, we could feel the intensity of whatever evil was lurking around. As I said it before, it loved to mimic voices, mostly that of our roommate. The next mimic was very odd though. My husband decided to get a video as we were packing our remainder items. He replayed the video and saw me walk in front of the camera. He was shaken to the core because I was nowhere near him at the time. I was in the back room packing. It was so disturbing watching it. At the time, we didn't have laptops or SD cards or social media, and eventually his phone was lost or messed up and we lost the video. We gathered our stuff and we got out as fast as we could. We never returned. After we got back home, we spoke to our old roommate on a few occasions and then suddenly she disappeared. She told us she had blood clots and wasn't doing very well and was very ill. We were worried. We tried contacting her ex and some of her friends who hadn't heard from her or anything either. They were as puzzled as we were. She had family in another country and we assumed she may have went home. We never knew what happened. About five years later, she showed up and suggested friends list on Facebook. I added her and we chatted some and she refused to talk about anything about why she disappeared. It was odd. I never pushed her any further. Who knows what experiences she had then. She is okay now and has a beautiful family and from what I know, she doesn't dabble in the occult any longer. Her dog is okay too. She has a great life. She no longer lives in that house or near that area. That's our story and I know it sounds crazy and maybe all over the place and I apologize. I try to keep it as accurate and as detailed as I remember the events that unfolded. We never could figure out what it was or where it came from, but it was not good. It was not a good entity. Without knowing it was and trying to heal from this experience, we decided to name it Spot. Funny name for a terrifying experience, we know, but we were basically alone in this. Only one or two people would even believe us. Our faith has strengthened since then, and we look at so many things differently now. We tried to tell a few people, but they just laughed at us, accused us of being on drugs, or said we were just plain lying. We know what we saw and experienced, and it is as real as you and I. We never drank or took drugs during any of this. It was real, and it was scary as hell. Thank you for reading, and if you decide to share this on our show, we thank you for that as well. Also, you have our permission to use our name and location. Thank you, Mitch and Nicole. Yeah, thank you, Chelsea, for uh, narrating that story from Mitch and Nicole. Um, interesting one, that, because yeah. it's sort of, it's like, it's like consequences of... Messing with... Messing with it, yeah. Dark hearts, as it were. Dark hearts. Well, yeah. talking of dark hearts, it's, it's a good thing, just because I, obviously I've been in New York for... Uh, past couple of weeks and um went into the museum of natural history and i went into the uh, arts museums all over there and i come across um certain culture certain, well well i don't know you went in more places where you could eat though to be fair well yeah i yeah. did yeah but <laughs> that's another story anyhow i went into one of them and uh i come across a lot of uh How'd you go? So you know, like your Zulu masks and things like that. You come across a lot of them, and 
There's a lot of sculptures, yeah, carving, sculptures, stone sculptures, and there's one that really caught my attention. It was uh, it linked me back to the episode of the crone, yeah, and I saw the picture. It took my attention straight away, so I thought, go have a look at it, and it was in the uh, open uh, open world section or something. It was, and uh, it was to do with Burkina Faso. So I thought, oh, I'll have a, look, have a look into this, have a read into it. There wasn't a lot of detail there about it, so I had to do a bit of research on it. And I think I'll go, you know, I'll go into depth about this on another episode. But um, so yeah, it was to do with the dark energy and rituals that they used to do, and it was more of a how do I put it? Think of it as a headmaster at school. Yeah. So this sculpture was put up, and it was sort of lean. It's 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 faced as a leaning over type thing with its. It's got quite a bit of a you know a beer belly as we'd say. Yeah. And it's leaning leaning over, so it's quite high up, and it'd, so it'd be over like, like a village. All oh, right, so it's like a totem pole type thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, like a totem, and it'd lean over, and any any time that people weren't um, so weren't agreeing or not agreeing, but disobeying rules and that, a nail would have been put into it. As right. a, a sign of like correspondence that they're not doing the right things that they're doing in the village, so I, I won't go into too much detail. But it, it goes into dark energy and dark, you know, the dark arts, um, dark magic as well. So it was quite interesting, and I, I think I posted a picture up didn't I, on, yeah, on did, the yeah. on the hangout um, for you all to see. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely going to be doing an episode on that. But there's plenty. I tell you what, there's absolutely loads and loads of stuff in there, and you know, not just talking that sort of line of things. But um, you go down the side of the medieval, um, the medieval section was absolutely amazing. I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like it. It was absolutely amazing. Um, but they're on about the. Uh, there's a London section as well, very it's very small, uh, to do with London guns. And I was reading through it, and I was speaking to one of the, uh, I don't know what to call them, they're stewards or, you know... Guide. The, yeah, guides type thing. Speaking to one of them, and it, he was saying that uh, the powders that was used in the guns were often used as cocaine, as a, right. as a form of cocaine. And I said, well, that can't, couldn't have gone down well. He said, no, obviously it didn't. He said, half the people that took it, it rotted half the noses out, well, most of them. Yeah. I said, well, why did you keep on doing it? He says, well, some of them, you want you, you know, it's a taste of addiction. Hmm. Well, said, yeah. I said, well, how long did it last till the nose was, you know, sort of burned off type thing? And he says, well, it wasn't long. No. But, um, yeah, that was something interesting. Yeah. I, I'll have to have a look into that as well. I haven't had a look into that one yet, whether did, he was just I mean, feeding me a load of... gunpowder kill them, though? Well, this thing, yeah. you know, you'd have thought so. But I'd say so. How long? Not long, I wouldn't have thought. How long can you... Well... Do not try this at home, ladies no, and gents. Do not try this at home. You know, but how long can you last on gunpowder? I imagine cocaine's cheaper than gunpowder anyway. Nowadays. Well, I don't know. It depends where you live, I suppose. Yeah. It's quite cheap for cocaine round here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't we don't advise any of that. No, we don't absolutely um, not. No. Um So but, that's New York then. So yeah, you saw a, a wooden statue of nails in it. Wooden statue of nails in yeah. You know, I want the Statue of Liberty, but... I think, uh, yeah, you did post a picture up onto the Facebook. So if you go across, those who are on Facebook probably seen it, but those who aren't, go across to our Facebook page. It's just Realm of the Supernatural Podcast. You'll find us there, and you'll see the picture of it. And it is quite menacing. Yeah, there's a few more posted on there as well. You know, I posted a few on there. um, And and also, uh, just a shout-out as well to Paul. um, 
Paul Leonard, he uh, gave me a shout out having a look at the uh, uh, on Madison at the mud floods, I think it was. Um, I didn't get a chance to have a look, but we're definitely looking into that. Um, the uh, oh yeah, Jamel Mansion, that was another one. So these are these places that are underground. They reckon that. So there's yeah. Reckon that it was like a, there was some sort of ca- catastrophe, and it like it's the, a lot of the buildings that we see now are built on top of existing buildings with well, different culture. I, I, I went down Madison. I've not not to the extent of because it's quite a, quite a long long road that one that goes across. Um, I was down actually near Madison Square Garden, um, and it's down. Well, there's, there's part of a road that's down that way, and had a look like and. Uh, some of the some of the buildings, and it's not only just there as well. You look at some of the other places that like the buildings are built on alone round there, yeah. and you'd say that some of them actually look like they're built on a. Uh, how do you explain it? Uh, a hill of such, but it's like a man-made hill. It's not not like a yeah. you, you know we see round here you know grass hill or out like that, but it's it's a man-made like tunnel. Now I'm not talking about the metro uh, the subway. Sorry, the subway that's over there. Cause subway. I know where the lines went. I went underneath it. Um, but where you see some of the houses, it's like it's been purposely raised. Hmm. Well, you look at the Edinburgh vaults. Yeah, you yeah. got basically you got a town underneath the ground. Yeah, you know, it does happen. Uh, and there's various different reasons why it happens, but um, it does happen. Yeah. So should we get into the next story? Yeah, Tonya, I think we've got on now, haven't we? So we'll uh, now join us. Two different stories Yeah, two here. different accounts on this. I think so she's got a, a spirit that's got some sort of attachment to her. Yeah. And then one of these, uh, this is meditation, but it occasionally happens when people are meditating or, or dreaming where they encounter somebody in a dream. Um and then the story unfolds from there kind of thing. But it does happen more than we give it credit for. I think if anyone's got one of those tales and wants to send it across... Yeah, send it straight across. Either yeah. messages on Facebook or supernaturalpod at gmail.com and we'd love to hear you. Yeah. Hear the story. Yeah. My mom and I moved in uh, to this new place when I was like between five and seven. And um, I had it, my bedroom was upstairs. And I had a, a really long hallway. And at the very end of it, was um like a, a like a sink and a big mirror and from my bed actually like being in my bed um I could see all the way down the hallway and it was always you know it was kind of freaky it's kind of weird um well yeah I mean I don't even like looking down the hallway on a night time <laughs> it's like when you know we go for a piss in the middle of the night you know you, you can walk through your house can't you yeah but when it's dark it just feels a bit a little bit on edge it? Yeah, it's weird isn't it <laughs> sorry carry on yes it's a whole other thing when it's at night yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah like randomly one night um i heard my name being called And I thought it was my mom, but she used to get up really early in the morning. So 
I was thinking, you know, it, it was kind of weird um, that she would be up this late because I wasn't even supposed to be up. Um, so a few minutes went by and I kept hearing my name and I looked down the hall and I saw this lady. Um, she was as, as clear as day. Um, she was wearing like a white 1800s. Uh, kind of period style dress. <clears throat> um, her throat was slit from from like one side to the other, and um, she didn't have any eyes. That was the. It it sounds weird to say, but that was the part that like really fucked me up. <laughs> was mm-hmm. the I was like looking at this lady but she had like black holes for eyes so almost like her eyes have been like gouged out would you say yes yeah yeah and you know her her throat was slit um it it wasn't like i don't know (laughs) it wasn't totally gory um but it it, you could tell that that somebody had cut her throat yeah. and she wasn't um she wasn't standing she was floating um and she kind of started floating towards me and i was like nope fuck this i'm out and yeah, like at seven you. years old i was like no i'm not uh-uh, i'm not doing this and i pulled the covers over my head and i'm <laughs> i'm now <laughs> i'm now 38 years old and when I get scared those covers go over my head so freaking fast because if I don't see you, you don't see me. Yeah. 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 That is a natural reaction for a child, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, what what you saw was it uh was it quite a tall uh, how old would you say that the uh, the ghost was like in, in age because I know you say it's representing that sort of era, but how old would you say that the <clears throat> representation of it was? Um, I would say, thinking back on it now, I would say maybe twenties. Twenty, so it's mm. a fairly young, yeah, yeah. Shocking, isn't it? And you say well, you say you thought that her uh, throat was has been cut by someone, not by herself, but it's been a, like a more of a clean cut type. It was it was either, you know, I've spent a lot of years trying to understand what this was. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't know if. It was a like a a rope burn from like hanging, right? Or if it was like a straight up cut. Yeah. What about expression? Did it did it offer any expression at all? Um, <clears throat> almost. Um, I would say almost scared. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like mischievous or, you know, angry. Um, but she, I mean, she ended up coming to me 
for years. I want to say like six or eight years. Okay. And then years, like decades later, um, my my mom, you know, um, gosh, I think it, I think it was probably ten years ago. Uh, my mom said that my stepdad, my stepdad saw her, and my first reaction was like, "Oh my god, dude! I told you! <laughs> like, why did you not believe me? You thought I was crazy." Um, did, did he? Did he think himself that there was any link of the um, link of it to the family, or he? I never told him when I was younger. Right. So, because my mom made me feel like I was crazy, <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody else about this." Yeah, because I suppose, suppose one thing, I mean, I, I've had it where, you know, I've seen, I haven't seen, sorry, I've experienced certain things and you don't want to tell your, your mum because you, my my mum would turn around and say, nah, what are you on about? Shut up. Yeah, I know. Get back to bed. Like you know, yeah. No, yeah, you're talking stupid. Yeah. But when Is you it... see something like that, it's going to stick with you. Yeah, indeed. Is that the only, did you only see that spirit in that house then? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, and did she always come to you with the, you know, the same guys that is the the potential rope bearing around her neck, or did she, did she ever have eyes? No, always she the same. always, yeah, she always looked the same. Um, <coughs> nothing, like nothing, ever changed. And there is, I remember, you know, this started when I was like seven. Um, and I remember wanting to talk to her, <clears throat> but the whole eyes thing, man, it, it fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> it really freaked me out, you know? And uh-huh. that, that was the one thing that like, that I think held me back from making contact with her. Yeah. Did she ever say anything else other than obviously you got your call of your name? Did you, did she ever say anything else other than your name? Um, she did. There was um, the only other thing that she ever used to say was "help me," and for some reason that that really freaked me out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I never could, and so I was talking I was talking to Lee the other day about um, the black eyed kids, and I was wondering if it was just you know if they were solely like children, yeah, of a certain age, or if this might have been oh, a black eyed kid. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, you were saying that you was also saying that you was in a bit of a dilemma whether to, you know, whether to, whether you you should help move her along. You know, this this I know it's like a, a thing that we throw out in the paranormal world. Like you know, we yeah. get these psychics in and they can move ghosts on. We don't. I don't know if that's true, and I don't know even know if we know where this we're sending them, <laughs> and if they want to go there. But presuming that's all true and relevant, then. <laughs> You was sort of in a dilemma whether you should move her on or not because obviously, 
from your point of view, you're seeing her in this... Troubled um, state. Yeah, you'd say yeah. troubled state for definite, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. and obviously she's crying out for help. So, um, are you any further along with your decision there? Do you think you'll get somebody in to try and move her on? Or? Well, so the weird thing is, um, so I, I moved out of that place when I was like, 14 um like my mom was crazy and I was like okay I'm done uh I'm done with all of this so it wasn't until gosh um maybe just just a few years ago that I actually saw her again because I I thought that she I thought that she was, um, I, I don't want to use the word haunted, but inhabiting um, that place. Yeah. But she's actually, that's not the case. Um, because a few years ago, I was in my own place and she she was there. She came back. So it seems more so, of a, more of an attachment to yourself than anybody else. Yeah. yeah. What about your dad? Has has he ever witnessed my, it further on? Uh, my stepdad died. So after, so you you stepdad you stepdad. We know we saw her. We once. know we, we know That's we saw her know. once. Yeah. Um, has has anybody else at all? Uh, not not so much family, uh, but uh, friends or well, anybody that relatives, lives in Oakland. Yeah, has anybody no. else? No, so, no. So it's just you. So no, yeah, just me. So, do you think you will get someone in to move her on then? I think that I don't know. I, I would rather it be me. Yeah. Mm. If anybody is going to, I'd rather it be me because I have a connection with her. There's some reason that that she's always come to me. And you know, when I was when I was little, I mean imagine seeing something like that, like you know, it really scared me. Um so would you say you've gone? You've gone. So you started off in a like a more of a third state, but now you're in more of a an emotional attachment to to it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I mean, even even now, it it scares me when I see her. You yeah. know, I get this. I I I get a fright. Um. <clears throat> but I've also embraced. Um, my gift. Yeah. And you know, if I can, if I can help somebody with this ability, then I think that it's really selfish not to. Yeah. And I kind of want to get over that fear of, I don't know, <laughs> of what she looks like. I guess. Hmm. Um. Maybe next time you see her, then maybe. 
you know, try try to. I know it's easier said than done, but try to uh, have that conversation with her then. See if you know. See if yeah. See if we can build on the on, on the uh, communication between the two. That, that you know that's. I think that's that sort of stepping stones into it for throughout that sort of. Yeah, progress. most of these ghosts, you know, when when you give them a direct order like "leave me alone," "go away," uh, this kind of stuff, then they tend to sort of act on that. Uh, yeah, they I mean? grow on on the. Yeah, they grow on it. Yeah, because you know I've had occasions where my my sheets are being pulled off my bed and that kind of shit, and then yeah. I've just said, you know, it's in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? I've woken up, just said, you know, "leave me alone" or whatever, yeah. "go away," and it, it just stops. So, not that you might come back six months down the line or whatever, but they seem to um, react to our, our, um, you know, our instruction for, for what for what reason I don't know. But um, this gift that you've got shows itself again later on when you have a, a dream. Let's call it a dream for now, but I think there's a bit more to it than that. So, do you want to go into that experience? Yeah. Um... So, um, gosh, what was it? Thursday? So this was extremely recent. Um, Thursday, uh, my best friend Summer and I, uh, went to yoga class and, you know, it was, it, there was no intent, uh, going into it. It was just, um, you know, it's, it's a release when you do yoga or, you know, practice something like that. So the first like 10 minutes of the class, um, there was lovely music and, and everybody kind of got into that meditative state, um, before you actually, you know, start the exercises. And, um, I, had an overwhelming sense that I I needed to dedicate my practice to my niece. Um, so my my niece and nephew um, have a terminal illness. Um, so right now they're both blind, and um, they're starting to lose their motor skills. And um, you know I I something came over me and I just felt that Lacey, my niece really needed to feel my love. Um, so in this deep meditation, I, I don't know. (laughs) I, I decided to try and reach her. Um, and I found her. And it, it it kind of shocked me even in this meditative state. Um, but I told her that I loved her and that no matter where I was physically, I was always with her. <clears throat> and uh, to my surprise, <laughs> she spoke back to me, um, but it wasn't her voice as it is now, um, with this like deterioration, um, it was extremely clear. And she said, um, she said, I know. 
And I love you too, Aunt Tanya. And um, needless to say, I spent the first 10 minutes of our yoga class, like, weeping. Um, But, you know, obviously for great reasons. So after the class, um, I, you know, got in my car. And before I could drive anywhere, um, I wanted to know if she, if it was real. Um, if I had really reached her. <clears throat> so I I sent my brother a text and asked him if if Lacey had talked about me um, that morning. And my brother is he's kind of out there. He's kind of weird. Um, he's an alternative thinker like myself. Um and he was he was absolutely shocked. Um, his text message read, uh, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> what? How? What? What?" Um, so I called him, and I asked him to tell me what happened. And um, <clears throat> he said that Lacey had come out of her room and into the living room uh, where he was. And said, hi, Antonia. And he was like, yeah, you know, Antonia's not here. She's going to be over here later, but she's not here right now. And um, and she said, no, I I just talked to her. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, so he, I, be- he believed you then. He, be- he be- you know. <laughs> It's it's hard not to yeah. when something like that happens. Had I maybe waited till I got there and talked to her directly, it might have been different. Yeah. But just out of the blue saying, you know, hey, was she, you know, yeah. was what was going on this morning? <clears throat> going back yeah. to the uh the you know the meditation point where you actually um communicated with her i mean can you describe what that looked like i mean did it look like anything or was it just you know darkness or it was it was it was light um we uh even even lacy uh told me when i got out there um I asked her if she remembered talking to me in the morning and she said, yeah, in the clouds. Um, and that's, that's where, that's where we were. Um, I, I believe that I, I found her in the universe. I found her soul in the universe and our souls, like I was there the day she was born you know, I've, she, my niece and nephew are my entire life. I love them so much. And especially now that, now that they're going through this, this horrendous battle, Mm. um, I think I'm even more connected with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we, um, 
we were like, I, I think Lacey said it really well. Uh, we were in the clouds. Um, mm. there was, there was nothing but, but light and, uh, colors, blue and purples. And it was, it was, I don't know. It was almost like mixed with a DMT trip. I don't know. It mm, was. Yeah. How far away, uh, you know, from your yoga class to Lacey? At what sort of distance are between you? Because I know, like, we, we've we seen things before uh, of similar sort of stance that it's more to uh, a telepathic thing like room to room if yeah, you're in yeah. a room next to each other you know there are certain things your mental state of mind if you can get into a, a certain um being with each other that you can pass telepathic <clears throat> messages across but depending on the distance you know i mean how far away was you from Lacey? so um so we're in two different cities right um it's about a 30 minute drive. 30 minutes. So what, what, roughly about 30 mile, would you say somewhere around there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting story. I think it's, you know, it's got, you know, given this, the, the terrible situation that the children are in. And I think it almost offers you a little bit of hope uh, that there is something better from uh, down the line. Um, so I like that aspect of it all, and and I think this will resonate with the listeners because I'm sure that this happens a lot more. Um, this you know this people meeting in you know meditative state or a dream state. I think this happens a lot more than we really give it credit for. Yeah. Um, so I think that will resonate with the with the listeners, and if anyone gets in touch and lets lets us know about that, then obviously I'll I'll, I'll pass it on to you. But um, I think you've got two examples here of um, two accounts that it's got positive progression. You know, it, no matter where you go forward from these steps, whether we're talking about Lacey, uh, communication between the two of you, or we're talking about the uh, the girl with her eyes gouged out and a slit throat, mm-hmm. there's still positive progression towards something. Um, and that's something to hold on to, really, at. Indeed. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, for sure. Right, well, uh, thank you very much for getting up so early, or staying awake, whichever one it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, thank you very much for listening, and thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. No one. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, have a good one, guys. So yeah, it's uh, quite fascinating them two accounts with Tanya there. Yeah, um, no, I was, was going to say it'd be interesting if um, you know she does move that spirit on, if yeah. it actually works. Like to uh, hear your opinions on it though. Um, yeah, should she or shouldn't she move? Yeah, it on? should she or shouldn't she? We do it as we could do it as a poll. Well, our next uh, guest, uh, Rob, the uh, psychic medium, yeah, uh, meteorologist as well. He actually had some advice for. Tony, didn't he? Yeah, he did. On yeah. How to, yeah, you know how to go about it. So, um, we'll get into that shortly. Should we do that now? Should we play okay. Rod? Get into that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Rob Goodrow, 
and he is a medium to intense purposes but he also has the ability to communicate with animals um so this is part one of it part two is on patreon yeah so take a listen to this and uh, we'll be back for the outro Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then we'll go into the um, aspect of you know, this where you, you got signs from your dad um, after his passing? Sure. Um, so um, since I was a kid, um, I realized I had an ability to see and communicate with people who passed, but it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't actually an easy thing to figure out because my grandfather just suddenly appeared to me one day and he scared the daylights out of me um i was i was by myself um in the house except for the family dog um when i told my mother about it my mom and dad when they got home my mother wasn't surprised and it turned out that she has the ability so uh and then she said that over time well like 30 years later, she told me my grandfather had the ability and one of her cousins had the ability. So, so it ran in the family. Yeah. Um, so I never paid much attention to it, but over the years, a couple of weird things happened. And then um, it was in 2005 that I lost a, a puppy that I had adopted. He was tragically killed by a car. And he opened the door for me to communicate with people and pets. Um, and since then, uh, it's been been crazy. So one of the first incredible stories was all about him. His name was Buzz. But my dad helped me prove that he was at his own wake and his own funeral. So that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I, I always think, you know, when you're communicating with, with the pet side of things, I, I always get that that pet cemetery that pops into my head all the time. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, the way he just looks at the cat and he goes, yeah, I know, I know, you know, he's talking to him. But, no, so you say it, it's come it's come down through your family. Um, do you have any children yourself at all? Uh, no, all my children have four paws. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're pretty intuitive, you know. Um, we we can certainly talk about that. But dogs and uh, and cats can see and hear spirits because of the different physiology than they have that they have than than people. Um, they um, they have <clears throat> they have much better hearing. I mean, if you think about how how um, a dog whistle can be used. And we can't hear it as humans, but but dogs can hear it. And spirits, as it turns out, turns uh, um, speak at different frequencies that we can't hear, which is why they come up on digital recorders. But uh, dogs and cats can hear them directly. And, and dogs and cats also have different cones and rods in their eyes, and that enables them to see faster movement. And uh, I'm a paranormal investigator on the Inspired Ghost Tracking Group in Maryland, here in the U.S., and we use um, high-speed cameras and and pick up images of ghosts, earthbound ghosts, and spirits who have crossed over. Um, so dogs and cats can see them um, just using their own eyes. So just going back a bit to your your family side, um, mm-hmm. so 
has because I know you say it's passed down throughout your generations. Um, how did how did you first communicate with members of your family first that you uh, you realised that you had this sort of this psychic gift? Gift. Um. Well, I, I said the the first one was really my puppy that passed, but yeah. the first the first real people that I started communicating with um, wound up being living in uh, ghosts that have chosen to stay in historic places like mansions and, and manor houses and stuff like that. And, and I would go in there and I would go into various manor houses and I would sense what was going on. And then um, I would get names and dates and all kinds of things. And then I would ask the historian of the home and they would, they would give me the proof that I needed to think that you know I'm not crazy. <laughs> These are the people that really do did live here and and still dwell there for a reason. So, so um, uh, yeah. So we know that. So you can you can communicate with the uh, people who have passed. Um, mm-hmm. Has it been? I mean, I suppose you've you've come across many different accounts. Um, has there any has been any that have been quite disturbing? So, uh, sort of like um, murders or some something that's quite dark as such. Have you any that's troubled? Not only not only it's troubling for the the family that it's happened to, and you're you're connecting with them, but some that's come to yourself. It's it's come through yourself, and you thought, whoa, this is quite chilling. Mm. Yes, there was uh, there was one particular case where the inspired ghost tracking group was called in to help a family figure out what kind of paranormal things were happening in their home, and um, we called the the case the double murder ghost investigation. Um, as it turns out, that was the most chilling case that I've been involved in. Uh, it turns out that there was a uh, a woman who rented her her home. She had kind of a two-story home. Uh, she went rented a room to a man who was in his 30s who wound up having a drug problem. Um, the woman and her daughter-in-law, who was visiting at the time, were brutally murdered by this man who was on a drug high. Um, and he did so many horrendous things as he was murdering them. Uh, th- and they they shared the pain of every single thing that he did to them with me and another medium as we were trying to figure out what was happening, you know, what had happened in the home. So, um, you know, they were, they were stabbed and strangled and shot and dragged and punched and thrown down the stairs. And it was, it, it was brutal. Um, so that was by far the darkest one. And those two women uh, still remain in the home as earthbound ghosts because after we did the investigation, um, we wanted to go back and cross them over. And the family immediately sold the home like yeah. within three weeks after we did the investigation. So we didn't have time to go back in. So, um, so unfortunately, they're still there. But we're going, we're going to we're going to to try and you know drive by the home and see if we can do it from the outside. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to go knock on the door and tell someone, uh, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I think you could do it from a distance. That would be uh, ideal. I noticed that you, you you believe there's a difference between. I've never really thought about it actually until I, until I read it on on your book there. But you believe mm-hmm. there's a difference between ghosts and spirits. 
I, I do. And that was kind of the foundation of my first book, um, which, I, which I call Ghosts and Spirits. And so first and foremost, I'm, I'm actually a scientist in my day job. I'm a meteorologist. So for me, the focus of the paranormal is all about energy. Um, and and what, I've, what I've learned from talking to people on the other side, both earthbound and those who have crossed over, is that they are energy combined with memories and personality and, and their knowledge of this life. And when we die, all that comes together and we choose to stay earthbound, and that's what I call a ghost. And a ghost stays in a fixed location of their choosing. Or we cross over and join the energies of the universe or heaven or paradise or Elysium, whatever you want to call the other side. And I call that a spirit. So it's really about location. Um, because otherwise, everybody that dies would be stuck in, in a location on Earth. And we'd have millions, billions, billions of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't. Um, and conversely, we wouldn't have ghosts if everyone crossed over. So what about what about orbs? Where do you see orbs into that? Is that which side is it? I suppose it's like is it the dark? So you know, but is it what sort of side is it on? Is it yeah. more to is the it, spirit side, or is it more? Well, to, or is it in, I mean, you're, you're going straight to the assumption that they are spirits. That's, well, I don't know. I, yeah. You know, this, this you is see a thing. this on like the, the difference between all these the ghost two. programs, don't we? And it's like an yeah. orb. That's you know, is that a spirit or is it a ghost? You is know, it, well, is it or is it some or is it something different? off? Yeah, off the chart. What do you think? Sure. Well, um, actually, it's both. It, you know, orbs are like a ping pong ball in the in the afterlife, um, because orbs are a rounded ball of light, and they're the most simple form a ghost can take. Um, and and what I have come to find out about orbs is that they're really truly a, an entity, whether unearthbound or one who's crossed over, if there are colors and designs in it. And sometimes we've even found faces in orbs. Actually, the, the cover of my second book, Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead, has the a face that we found in an orb in that double murder house. It's a face of one of the women. All right, okay. Yeah. So orbs, you, you know, uh, for the most part, orbs are either reflections on or pollen or bugs or something like that. But if they have colors and designs, that's a pretty good clue that they're something a little more than that. Have you had it? I've, I've, so, I mean, orbs, we see a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, we've been on investigations and we've, we've been mm -hmm. on, we've seen many investigations as well, where mm -hmm. a lot of people jump to the assumption that it's an orb straight away. Although, a lot of them can be debunked down to dust and things like that. Um, is ca can orbs themselves like mutate as such into different shapes, or is it purely up just ball of light? Can because we've we've seen other things where they say this orbs. I mean, we don't expect them all to be exactly uh, you know exactly perfectly circular, but can sure. can they morph as such into different shapes? Yes, they, yeah, that's a great, great question. Yeah, they sure can because they're really they're energy. So if you think about how lightning behaves, um, we have ball lightning, we have forked lightning. Um, you know, I, I bring this up because I'm a meteorologist. So so energy can be dispersed and and take any kind of shape. That's why we get like an ectoplasm like shape, uh, yeah. an amorphous shape, um, or or balls or uh, forked kind of things or. or um, yeah, any kind of shape they can take. Okay, well, we just had a, another guest on who um, 
had a spirit in her house and she was unsure because the spirit seemed to have an attachment to her. She was unsure whether she should go down the route of um, clear, you know, cleansing, clearing. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the principal reasons is that because she felt like, um, you know, the, the ghost had an attachment to her. And if she, was, if she did this, was she um, sort of, you know, expelling the ghost if you know what i mean even though she she sort of she didn't want to do that but she then she's thinking well i'm a selfish by keeping the spirit here with me if you know what i mean so this cleansing clearing i mean i i'm not particularly sure we even know where we're sending these ghosts but i'm not obviously a, a medium so you'll probably be better best place to answer this question but uh what's your opinion on on moving ghosts on and and it and uh, you know, how to do it essentially sure uh, well we we actually move ghosts on all the time and where they go is that they they cross over they make that journey through you know that tunnel of light if you will that that we we talk about when we die um so they cross over and they become a spirit they so they join the energies that flow through the universe and and or heaven or whatever so they leave their earthbound prison and and really frankly ghosts because um they, because they decide to stay, they are really trapped, and and we don't understand why they can't move on by themselves. But they just seem not to be able to. Um, so, being imagine being trapped here after your physical body is dead, and you're an entity, and you're trapped forever until somebody who can communicate with you can help you cross over. I mean, that to me, that's that's hell, really. You're, you're stuck in the afterlife. You can't communicate with anybody. You can't associate with people in spirit that have crossed over. Um, you can't really communicate with people who are living to help yeah. you get out of there. So, I mean, it, it's maddening. Um, so, yes, yeah, she, she, she should absolutely look into somebody uh, helping her cross that ghost over. And I assume it's an earthbound ghost. Yeah. Is this something she can do by herself or does she need an expert, should we say? No, she can do it by herself. Yeah. Um, so here's what I normally recommend. If the ghost – if she finds that this ghost is attached to her um, and and follows her in different places, yeah. she can go to places where the light opens. That is funeral homes, hospitals, prisons, places where people die every single day. And she can instruct the ghost to – Find a find a portal of light. Find where somebody is is passing, and join that person as they cross over. Now, here's here's one for yourself. Really, is I've, out of all the communications that you've had with uh, spirits, ghosts, um, anyone in that mediumship, is there anything or anyone that's ever kept an attachment to yourself? No. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and for that I'm very glad. Um, so when we uh, when whenever we investigate places that are, are known haunted places, that is, place with an earthbound ghost, um, we we try to first we envision uh, positive light energy surrounding us as kind of a kind of a suit of armor, if you will. Um, we usually do some kind of a protection um, chant or prayer or whatever you want to call it. Um, and um, we always think positive thoughts as we go in. Um, and when we leave, we always um, always have a piece of chocolate 
chocolate is known to be a very uh, cleansing thing to do. Have you guys ever had chocolate after your investigations? Never. Well, I've had plenty of chocolate, but <laughs> not, not deliberately. <laughs> I, well, we'll take it on board now. I'll tell you what, I'll be bringing bars and bars with it. Which yeah. be, but... where, does that, where does that chocolate idea go back to? So what it does is chocolate naturally raises the, I think it's the endorphins in your body. So right. the positive feelings in your body triggers that in your brain. And by triggering those positive uh, uh, physiological reactions, your positive energy is pushing that negative energy away. Okay. And that's why you should also, when you go home, take a shower because water energy is very purifying mm. and that will help wash the negative, any negative attachment off. That's interesting. Yeah. It's good to know. Anyhow, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on. Is that on. the same with poltergeist? Sorry. Oh yeah. Pol yeah. So, if you so yeah. So poltergeist, uh, are, are really just energy from a living person that yeah. mimics a ghost, an earthbound ghost. Yeah, that's what I kind of feel as well. Well, I'm just going to go move on to now the uh, the pet side of it. I'm quite I'm quite a pet man. I, you know, I, I like we, we've got we've got many <laughs> many different types of pets. Um, okay, you know, from your goldfish to to your horses. You know, we're going along them, but. Um, one thing that I'm I'm quite intrigued about is that the communication uh, mm -hmm. between uh, I mean let's let's go along the household pets at the moment. So your your cats, your dogs. Yeah. Um, a cat's a cat's not psychic though. Like um, I know that's kind of a you know a, a bit a big weird, but cats seem to have like um basically they've done scientific studies on cats where you can. I get the owner to think of an object, um, and then, then the cat will go to the object. Um, so, I mean, is that is that does that psychic ability? I don't know. I mean, um, it very well could be. Um, I I can't answer whether cats are psychic or not. But what I can tell you though is animals are really intuitive. Yeah. So so if if you have a dog or a cat that's been with you for a while, you know what they want just by their body language yeah. the, um, you know their their sounds whatever the way they look at you um, their actions like our, we have a, a Weimaraner and three dachshunds and our Weimaraner is 15 years old and she she's amazing she still goes up and down stairs there's agility all this stuff but when she starts walking around almost aimlessly I know she needs to go out yeah yeah and it's the same thing with a cat I mean so they cats and dogs they pay attention to us and our body language so if if you're you if you may be thinking of something you may actually be giving other physical clues or even clues with your eyes because they really watch your eyes so that they'll know what you want what you want um one one thing that i found and this this is from past experience as well and i was always i was always told that um we we had a, a black lab we still have a black lab in the family this is a different one and mm -hmm. um kimmy was a name and we found that with kimmy her senses were were quite high so like we would oh hello Yes, oh, I'm here. Yeah, sorry, yeah, it just cut out there. So we, we would find that whenever my mother or my father was coming back from work, um, she, now they worked about 10 miles away, but 
my dad would always give us a call and say, oh, I'm five minutes or ten minutes from home, or he dropped a text message five, mm-hmm. ten minutes from home. Now, without the dog seeing this, or, you know, sometimes, all right, the dog might hear the phone call, but it, without, you know, the text message side especially, the dog knew when a family member was, say, within a five-mile radius of the house. Mm-hmm. And the senses of a dog then would go ballistic. So, you know, I mean, any dog, not any dog, but most dogs, when they see someone new, you know, the tail's wagging like mad to see, you know, the love the attention. But this was every single time that a family member was coming home. And I, I've always said that with dogs, they do have that sense of, uh, how do I put it? They, they can sense when someone's coming towards them, you know, a family member that's been with them so long that, Within that distance, mm-hmm. they can still recognise that they're coming towards them, and that's always, always for me. That I've always thought, not only clever, I think it is part of the, you know, the dog's uh, mental state, their ability to do that. Yeah, there have been scientific studies uh, about that very same thing, and um, I, you know, I, I think that because dogs can sense energy, um, just like mediums, um, and and empaths, and so forth. I, there may be something to them sensing the energy of their loved one getting closer and closer as that energy connection increases. Um, in addition to that, if someone calls you and the dog is in, in your presence, um, they can sense your energy level changing. Yeah. I- indicating that somebody's coming. So they read off of that. No. So there's two sides to that, I think. What about, you know, because there's many, many accounts of people having a spirit in their house and then the dog reacts to it, um, growling, barking. Um, do you get an impression as to why they have that reaction to spirit? Because there must, you know, I'm, I'm presuming that they see spirit often, more often than we do. Uh, well, maybe not you, but, the, the, you know, <laughs> the layman. So, um you know, do, do you get an impression as to why they react in that way? Sure. Um, and so are you talking earthbound ghosts or spirits who have crossed over or I, both? It could be both, I suppose. But yeah. But okay. Um, so so since dogs can see and, and hear ghosts and spirits, um, they're always the first to really know. That they're there. And they could be ghosts and spirits of of people or ghosts and spirits of other pets that you've had that have passed that are just coming back to visit. Um, And and the the reason that sometimes they freak out is because we have to remember that dogs and cats really rely on their sense of smell. So for a spirit who has crossed over and has come back to visit to get enough energy to not only generate um, – a visible appearance to them, but to generate the sense of smell takes a lot of energy. And often when spirits come back, they don't bring their sense of human smell or, or animal smell with them. So a dog will look at this person and go, I know this person's here, but the smell is missing and that's freaking me out. So that's why they'll growl. Do you just want to tell people where they can get your books? Sure. Um, so they're all on Amazon, Amazon UK, um, and um, they're available in in paperback and an ebook, and they're all really cheap. 
um, and the and the reason I do that, I, I um, because I'm a self-published author, um, I, I make them as as cheap as I possibly can, so people can afford them and want yeah. to read them. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not out to make a living with this. I'm out to actually help. Um, people find comfort so like the pets in the afterlife book is is six pounds and the 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 ebooks are like two pounds 33 so yeah Yeah. so they i mean i really like i said i really i don't i don't want to make a profit out of these books i really want to educate people about how how energy works and what happens after we die and and how earthbound ghosts are stuck here and what they need from us and how they communicate and spirits of our loved ones how you can see signs from spirits of our loved ones without paying a medium some extraordinary amount yeah, yeah. of money so um but too late i've already it, bought the ticket <laughs> <laughs> well I, I hope he or she is really good yeah um, so and, and for you know I, I strongly encourage everybody to pick up a, a, a copy of Ghosts of England on the Medium's Vacation because these this book is filled with my own experiences. These are not stories you've heard from anywhere else. Um, and I, I've even sketched ghosts out that I've experienced in different places throughout England, from York to Hampton Court Palace to London, ev- everywhere. Um, it, it'd be kind of like a, a great weekend tour thing that you can do yeah i might take it to york york's only up the road from us isn't it yeah see what you see but yeah no that'd be brilliant um but yeah i think uh without that well thank you very much for your time today um it's been a pleasure speaking to you and uh yeah be sure for all our listeners to keep an eye on the books as well and if not go and purchase one Mm, indeed well, thank you. It's been it's been really fun talking to you guys, and um, you know your your pets are definitely around you guys. Um, so, uh, especially um, you know, watch your living pets to see if they mimic something that your pet who has passed has done, and you'll know that your pet who has passed is with you. So, thank you very much for Better today, mind. and. Uh... Yeah, well, be in touch uh, in the future, definitely, and uh, hopefully have you on for another show in the future. With some That's great. That's great. I'd love to tell you about my Kindred Spirits book, about how I befriended a spirit after 14 years of talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you very much for your time, and uh, have, have a great, great weekend. weekend. Yeah. You too. Thank you so much. Thank no you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes, yeah, so that's a... Uh, interesting conversation went from really there was plenty of topics that we couldn't cover but also we tried to cover as much as we could did did with that one um i think there's so much more you can interact with pets yeah yeah well um obviously the second part that the, where it gets more into the animal stories is on patreon but yeah if so if you're interested in listening to uh into that then obviously go and sign up become a member and get additional shows yep check it uh, out and more uh, on Patreon, just while I'm mentioning it, I'm going to be putting up the old episodes on there. So I think what's easier to do is I just put them up as they are, and then any ones that are member-only shows, I'll put them up as, and I'll that'll be the title, member-only. Member-only. Okay. Yeah. So you, if you know, if you go on there and you've heard the previous shows, and you're just looking for the ones that say member-only, but what else I'll do is I'll chuck the old ones up now, so they're all in like a section. Then we'll start putting the member-only ones on after that. So yeah, but yeah, um, he's also got books coming out 
shortly about a ghost that he um, had the sort of a relationship with yep. uh, for a while, for a few years. I think he said 14 years, so that's coming out. And then he's, we're also going to have him back on to talk about his encounters with ghosts that he met in England when he was on vacation here, so... Look for that coming soon. Remember, guys, if it's you know, if if not, because we don't, we we obviously understand not every episode, the topics is something that everyone's going to be interested in. You know, if there's certain ones that you, you you're more interested in, certain ones you're not, and the ones that are on Patreon as well, if there's certain ones that you're interested in, you can go on to the website and purchase the episodes on there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's only a couple up there for now, but I, if it's something that people want then i'll obviously put yeah. the, i'll put them all up there but they are episodes are on there for a dollar um or whatever that works out in the uk so i think it's I think it might, where we get the 59p from in itunes or something like that, something like that yeah, yeah so they're actually on there you can you can download them for a dollar on there if you, you know if you're interested in a particular episode it's another way to do it it is that saves you but patreon's two dollars a month cancel any time so head across there it's just patreon and then realm of supernatural podcast Right, before we go, um, just want to say a quick thank you to the people that have signed up on Patreon of re- of late. Um, that was uh, Kale Gibson's comeback. Good man. Thank you very much for that. Um, Dan. Um, Sas- was that SAS? Yeah, SAS Squatch. SAS Squatch UK. Thank you very much. SAS Squatch. Um, we had... I think it was you mentioned Dan there. Got Dan on, didn't we? Two Dan's, two Dan's, two Dan's. We had, um, but yeah, no, thank you very much. We also had some reviews as well, which if I just pull these up, uh, we've got one from Fish PM in uh, the US of A. Uh, great podcast. Look forward to every episode that I listen to whilst on my walks. Unique and varied. Uh, that might be Patrick. That. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, no, thank you very much for your continued support as well. Yeah, Muchly appreciated. If you can, leave a review. It's uh, muchly appreciated. Right, Christmas gifts then before we head out. Ah, this is what I've been looking forward yep. to. Okay, so this is your... Fi- Obviously, I haven't bothered wrapping this. All right, okay. <laughs> so this is your first gift. This is the first one. Can you tell the listeners what right, that is? Right, so it's... <laughs> I'll take a picture of this. Grow a sloth. What's a rush? Sloths can take up to um, blubber neck. Sloths can take up to a month to digest a meal. I think well, it's similar. Well, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Sloths travel. At I must be a sloth then. Sloths travel at a speed of Go two meters per minute. Well, yeah, that's, that's up there as well. I grow six times my size. Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. there as well. And all you need to do is just add, add water. water. But if you turn over on the back, because that's not all. Oh, blimey. Okay. Uh, so it gives you the instructions on here. Place your sloth in room temperature water and watch it grow. Right. Your sloth will start to grow within two hours and will be full size in 72, 72 hours. Well, what, full size? Yep. In 72 hours. When removed from... Not the size of an actual oh, sloth. Oh, right. No, just the size blimey. of... Blimey. <laughs> crawling around with one on my back. <laughs> <laughs> when removed from water, it'll shrink back to its original size. Ah, so you've got to keep it in water. Well, yeah, but then you can do it again. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. grow your sloth again, again, and again. So there you go. So reincarnated that, sloth. That is like a, that is the gift that keeps on giving. That the gift. So don't. Yeah. So don't say. So I don't think about it. <laughs> right. This one we can't open on air. 
All right, okay. Because we'll definitely get bad reviews for that. So, anyway, this one is obviously wrapped, so I did go to the trouble of wrapping it for you. Well, yeah. Amazon did. Very nice wrapping, miss. <laughs> right, open that. I have to play some jingle bells, guys. I say, you this. get the full sound effects here yeah. of the opening. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, and a, and a oh, nice little cardboard box in box there as well. There, yeah. There we go. I've not opened it, so it might not even work. Oh. Okay. It's caught my attention now because it's got Star Wars written on it. <laughs> now that might be as good as it gets. This looks like a form of a Jack in a Box. I'll post a picture on the. Uh... Oh. It's a bit more turning. Oh, I get it. This is good. This is good. I don't know when it's going to pop up. I don't think it will. Does it not? No, I imagine it's, oh. it's just... <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't not think a Chewbacca's going to pop out. I imagine it's just like a... That's the oh, mechanism, right, okay. mechanism in, inside. So, so it's a, we could have been there for a few hours there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a musical <laughs> box. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. One of these ones, a little handle on the end that yeah. plays the Star Wars theme. <laughs> now, as you're probably listening at this at night time, this, you know, it's startling, you know. That's probably not, that's not too bad, actually. It's not too bad. No. Anyway, that's yours. Merry Christmas. I might play that while she's in bed tonight and just see if, see if she recognizes what it is. Yeah. There we go. Thank you very much, Lee. There you go. Unfortunately, Lee didn't get a Christmas present. I didn't get oh, yeah, we go. I didn't expect to. Didn't expect to. No. <laughs> but, as always, guys, thank you very much for your support into the new year. Um, and if you want uh, a Star Wars musical box, yeah. well, Aaron will be giving one away. <laughs> <laughs> Check out on uh, certain selling platforms yeah. <laughs> online. <laughs> Comes boxed and gift wrapped. Or a sloth. Or a sloth. No, I like He's... them both. I love them. Yeah. They're brilliant. But I'll uh, I'll post a picture of a sloth later on. And uh... Should we post it in increments of it growing? As it's yeah, I'll yeah. do a I'll yeah. do a bit like of a, a time lapse. Yeah, time lapse of it. <laughs> see how yeah, see how, see see how long it does actually take. But uh, what I'll do is I'll get a vase. And I'll just drop it. It's got quite a big vase. You just drop it in the and vase see and see how, see how, vase. yeah, it might grow bigger. As long as it's not a funnel shape, you won't be able to get out. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. All right, anyhow. That's it. So, uh, that's the end of, we're uh, off to record another Patreon show. Yeah. And the Van Meter Monster. Yeah. And other things. The Bat Beast of Kent. Yes. Among other things. So, if you want to find out more about that, then head over to Patreon. But that being said, have a great week and we will see you on the other side. Bye for now. Do you want to play us out? <laughs> Get it right close to the mic so people can really enjoy this. I don't think people will believe that's coming from a little musical box. Ha <laughs> ha